Welcome to episode number 94 of Live Transformed. And Jim, Audrey, I am thoroughly enjoying this series that we're in. And again, listener, thank you for your response. Thank you for writing in, mm-hmm. letting us know that it's making you. a difference in your lives and yep. your relationships. Last week, we really kind of handed out, you know, like deal with it. Yeah, it, I mean, was there such- was a real applied to life that was given, and I really hope that that you really took it to heart. Yes. You know, that you might really experience a new freedom. Yes, I really yeah. myself really have taken that time. You remember we, we talked about at the end of last week's episode. If we're willing to do, if we will not hear what we're not willing to do. Well, I think we're all ready for it this mm-hmm. episode. We're like, okay, we are willing. We don't want to be that guy yeah. with the seagull who pooped on him. <laughs> and he's been waiting <laughs> for the go. seagull <laughs> to come back and help him wash it off. So let me just say this. Um, again, hang in here for this episode. It's going to be awesome. But... Really, go back, listen to 93, lay that down, and then come here into episode 94. It really is the foundation. Jim, good Absolutely. to see you. Looking great. Oh, man, Look at good you. to be here. Look at you. Uh, man, y'all must be sitting. My, my screen must be blurry because uh, I, I didn't even have a shower today. I look rough. Well, we didn't say you smelled good. Like, we can't smell you oh, from over here. Okay, good, good. <laughs> you just that, look, that's the benefit of doing yeah, this online. You just look it? good. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> Okay, but we were starting about this, you know, last week. I, I We named it What Offends You Reveals You because yep. there is a reveal that takes place when, when these offenses take place. And But what an empowering, empowering concept that we get to make the decision to be that person that doesn't hold on to offenses. What yep. a wonderful future mm-hmm. lies ahead for those who love peace. That's, but that seems beyond reality to most people because most people are sitting there drowning in their pain mm-hmm. and saying like, "What do you mean forgive?" or "What do you what, what do you mean go on with life?" or "What do you mean make a decision?" Because the truth is, they don't understand or they don't believe one of the most essential aspects of life. Remember, the most essential aspect of a person's faith is what they believe about creation. Mm-hmm. That sort of surprises me. If you don't believe God's account of the creation of the universe and God's account of the creation of man, number one, you will never have stable faith. But here's the big thing. Number two, you will never recognize your authority, okay, your right, right. To, to make decisions. Yes. And those decisions actually come to pass in your life. That is absolutely true. And that has been an ongoing concept that has been changing my life. I get to decide who yep. I am in Jesus and what he's given me. Mm-hmm. And what I'll, what I'll do is I'll go back and I'll reference the episodes mm-hmm. that we did this year mm-hmm. on, on creation. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. That, that'll be good. You know, uh, <clears throat> one of the things, you know, in this and remember, the number one thing the world system, or the two things the world system never wants you to believe, is that the creation, God's creation, okay, they never want you to believe that's true. And now we now have scientific evidence that says that it's all true. And we've talked about that in times past. In my book, Apocalypse, I actually provide the, the mathematical equation yes, yes. that is used to prove that it's true. Yes. And the equation was developed by secular scientists, not by Christians. Mm-hmm. And it validates 
the six-day account of creation and everything that the Bible says. Love it. <clears throat> and and so, you know, that is just so... In, and the so, apocalypse, I can't say that word, book is available on uh, livetransform.com. Always. Oh, that's right. Any, any of my yes. materials... Anybody listening can get through yeah. the Live Transformed uh, website because, man, we're, we're providing these materials to equip you. Right. We're to take you on a journey, to, to help you become the best version of the new mm-hmm. you that you could ever be and so that you could actually live this quality of life that God intends for us to live. Even if you're surrounded by crazy people who are trying to offend you. Absolutely. I mean, that's the amazing thing. So, okay, so you said the world system never wants to believe us to believe number one. Nev- never wants you to believe God's creation. The, the, the count of the creation yep. of the universe, mm-hmm. and they never want you, especially, to believe that you, that man was created by God, and that is that man is created in the likeness of God. Because if you really come to believe that, for the first time in your life, a veil is going to come off of your eyes. You're going to see Jesus' teachings in a way that you've never seen them. You're going to start realizing that all things really are possible to you. You're going to start realizing that everything in your in your internal world happens because of whatever decisions you make. You have authority over you, and nothing can happen to you apart from you making a decision or re- or failing to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what. Now, that scares people. People don't want that much responsibility. We'd rather have a mystical hmm. concept of God and, and the world. But, but man, I don't know about you, but I like the fact that nothing outside of me controls me. I, that is, I think you can hear my passion. That's one of the things I love most. I remember when the veil came off my eyes, and it wasn't that long ago. It was a few years ago. And I remember where I was in the car driving to the airport, and the revelation just, I mean, yes, I'd always understood-ish. I kind of figured this out. But the reality of that all this authority is about me making my own decision. I remember where it happened. And nobody is allowed to tell me who I am except Jesus. Nobody's allowed to affect my mood except my my enjoying God's presence. Like all of a sudden I realized, wow, this is this is empowering to me. And this gets so incredibly simple. This makes life so simple. There is, you know, I was I was sharing with a friend of mine this morning when I was out walking my dog, you know, it's like, look, and I said, look, I know I teach all these complicated aspects and subtle things about about the the truth. And I said, those are important on certain levels, but when it comes down to living life, none of that's really important. Mm-hmm. Because now now when we talked a couple of weeks ago about the seed. Did we talk about the concept of universal laws? Talk to me a little bit more about uh, it. Just a little, just a hint of that. Okay. Well, a the, universal meaning law. Meaning that they, they work. We talked about the overlooked law that you can't plant two seeds in the same furrow. Right. That that was the one we talked about for sure. <laughs> well, let, let's, let's make sure that we cover okay. A universal law is a law that God established, and it is a law that works with or without faith. Right. It does, in, other words, in other words, it doesn't matter if you believe it. It doesn't matter if you don't believe mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And it is a law that works independent of God having to make a, a decision or take action of any kind. Yes. And we went into a lot about universal laws don't require faith. And universal yeah. laws, God doesn't have to make them work because they're right. already, we went into that a lot. Yes. And we talked about right. sowing, reaping and the farmer and all that kind of stuff. 
So universal laws then, and, and this doesn't make sense. What I'm about to say doesn't make sense at first. Mm-hmm. So, so then what is it that makes us participate in the life side of the universal law or the death side? Yes. One thing, our decisions. Okay. Yes. And so every decision, and that decision is going to be based on what I believe. Now, every person is doing everything that they're doing for one reason. They believe it is the way to get what it is they need. You know, you know nobody that holds judgment against somebody is doing it because I know this is going to destroy me. No. I know it's going to destroy them. I know it's going to destroy my marriage, but I'm just going to do this get even. Really? Because of what was modeled to them growing up or, or what they had to do to survive in their environment, they have come to believe this is the only way to get what I want. You know, uh, um, th- there was a there was there was a girl that I knew that uh, uh, married a guy that was lazy, uh-huh. and uh, you know she was a hard worker man. You know she was a go getter, and so <clears throat> she would. Um, the only way she could get him to do anything was to throw a fit. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, I met with him, you know, in a, in a counseling session one time, and and I, you know, I always I always tell the story that when I'm preaching about this, I always here's the way I tell the story. I say the way it was with this couple was, you know, uh, on on um, you know the garbage ran on Wednesday, so you know on on Monday, uh, after having company all weekend and doing everything, you know, the the garbage in the kitchen is full, and and so she's asking him to take the garbage out. On Tuesday, the garbage is overflowing into the floor, and she's asked, you know, having a fit, you know, getting stronger and stronger. On Wednesday, he gets up and leaves for work and still doesn't take it out. And so now they can't even get rid of their garbage because the garbage can outside is full because he didn't take it to the road last week. Garbage cans in the house are full. And so so she knows that cycle is going to happen again. And so she knows. The only way this is going to get solved is if she throws an absolute cussing, life-threatening, I will kill you dead if you don't take out the garbage fit. (laughs) Now, what do you think happens to a person who lives with somebody like that for 10 or 15 years? Well, it becomes your normal, for sure. Becomes their normal. Right. or if it, or if it was, if, if if every time your parents wanted something from you, they just started out. You know, they didn't go from zero to twenty. They went from zero to a hundred, mm-hmm. as far as how forceful they mm-hmm. were. And so every time they wanted something, they just screamed and hollered and had a fit. So what what do you do? You go okay. Then anytime I want anybody to do anything, this is the way to make it happen. And that's your pattern, so, and that's your normal. That's that's my normal. So so. They get into a marriage then with somebody that loves them and is kind that will do anything for them that they ask, but they never ask. And so, so, so here they are with somebody that loves them, mm-hmm. somebody that would do anything they ask, and they're destroying that marriage. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't get up and say, I'm going to destroy my marriage today. They got up and said, this is what I got to do. This is what I got to do. This is what I got to do to make things work. So people do what the, they believe something will get them what they need. Mm-hmm. 
Therefore, they make their decision based on this is what I have to do to get what I need so that I can be happy. But the problem is when we make decisions incongruent with God's values, with God's teaching about how to relate to each other, the problem is, and, and remember, sowing and reaping is probably the underlying universal law that if, according to Jesus, if you did not understand this principle, you could never understand any teaching about the kingdom of God, which means you'd probably never find your way into the kingdom realm. And so sowing and reaping is a universal law that now it gets into spiritual application, but sowing and reaping is the law that governs everything in the universe. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the law that governs everything in how your physical body works. Mm -hmm. It's the law that governs everything in, in your emotions, everything in your relationships, everything in your heart, everything between you and God. It is the underlying universal law. Mm -hmm. now, you, now, you'd think if sowing and reaping was like a divine universal law, You'd think we'd kind of figure that out and go, I want to make sure I'm always on the side of this law that works for me, not the side that works against me. That's the decision right there. If I know that, wisdom tells me, I want to make sure if it's that important and if it's that foundational, how can I get this law to work well for me? Yep. So, matter of fact, let me, let me address this just a little bit. You see, the Chinese originally believed in the same God that the Jews did. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the ancient Chinese character mm -hmm. where they tell the story of creation is exactly as it is in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And even the names of God, they have characters for like the Almighty God and, and, and for, for a God who is a three-in-one but exists as well. I mean, they have all of these names because they worship the same God. And so, you know, based on... Based on their accounts of creation, based on the biblical accounts of creation, and then based on what we understand scientifically, I just want to make sure people understand. When I say this governs everything, this governs everything. everything. There is a possibility that when the Bible makes this first reference to light and darkness, that that is, in some, to some degree, talking about polarities. Mm-hmm. That would make because, sense. Because there can't be a physical world without polarity, right. positive and negative yes. polarities. Because matter cannot hold together. Matter cannot come together. Matter can't even exist if there's not polarities. Right. Well, here's the thing about, uh, about the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping is really the law of giving and receiving. Polarities work. In other words, the whole universe works around the giving and receiving or the flow of, of, of energy in the universe. Every cell in your body works around giving and receiving nutrients and energy uh, mm -hmm. properly in your mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your relationships work around giving and receiving. Mm -hmm. Your heart beliefs work around giving and receiving. The grace of God works around giving and receiving. Yeah. There is nothing in all of wow. existence yes. that operates independent of this law. Wow. 
So one of the things this tells you, your faith cannot change this law. In other words, you can't operate faith to violate the law of sowing and reaping. You know, that would be like climbing up on top of a cliff. Well, I'll tell you what. we were I don't remember. Me and one of my daughters were talking about this the other day, or me and somebody. And um, we were just talking about the crazy things that people would do in the name of faith and end up injured or dead or and, you know, I actually knew a guy, and it happened in Canada, and a, a friend of mine, a, la- a lady that was a real good friend of mine and Brenda's, uh, she was dating this guy, and boy, he seemed spiritual. He was full of faith, or at least they thought it was faith. And so he decides that one night that he's just going to prove his faith, and he's going to step out in front of an oncoming train and stop come on, the train. Come on. What got into his head? No, he— and of course, he was splattered dead right on the right on the spot. Whoa. Obviously, that's kind of the way we are. It's like, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm gonna, I'm going to jump in front of a train moving 60 miles an hour, and I'm going to expect that this train is going to it's just going to suddenly stop, and you know, in less than you know, in less than 100 feet. Or it's like climbing up on top of a mountain and saying, I'm going to jump off of this because I believe the law of gravity is going to work differently this time. You can't change these laws. Now, you can supersede them with higher laws. I don't want to go on that because that gets too confusing. Right. <clears throat> but, but, but the point is this. Every time I make a decision, it is, it is a decision for life and death because I will either be putting myself on the, the life side of sowing and reaping, or I'll be putting myself on the death side of sowing and reaping. So we are choosing light or darkness. We are choosing life or death. We are making yeah. these decisions all the time. We make them when we first come out of dreamland every morning. We are choosing all yep. the time. Now, when you go to the parable of the sower, which is the heart physics parable, mm-hmm. you... I, I want to look at one particular aspect of of the of that parable. We won't we won't go into all the other aspects of it right now, but I want to go into one aspect, and that's the aspect of the thorns. Mm-hmm. So he 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 talks about the word of God as being planted, mm-hmm. and he says the the thorn he says the thorns grow up and choke it out. Now you notice the. Th- Unlike the unlike the rocky ground, unlike the path that people walked on, you know that seed fell on, on hard, a hard, hard heart because mm-hmm. because of the soil is that seed was actually never sown in the ground. Right, it, 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 never, it never went never to the heart. Never penetrated deep. Yeah, right. Now, <clears throat> but this is saying it does get planted, and it actually evidently starts to grow, but because there are thorns and thistles planted in here then they choke it out. Now, you, you guys have seen my little garden out back. Mm-hmm. I have a raised bed garden out back. And, you know, every year, you know, Brenda and I go out there and grow us a crop of stuff. But one of the reasons I chose to use raised beds is uh, grass doesn't, never grows there. Mm. Because, you know, you know if, 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 it's, if it's down on the ground where the wind blows and the seeds blow around, then grass is just always <laughs> growing up. Well, in a raised beds, I never have grass. Mm-hmm. Now, once in a blue moon, I don't know how it happens. I don't. Probably birds carry these seeds. All of a sudden, you look down there one day, and grass is growing. Hmm. Now, in a garden, grass—the one of the ways that grass 
chokes the life out of your healthy seeds is it takes nutrients for grass to grow. So what's happening is if you've got grass in your fur, and this goes back to that law that says, you know, do Deuteronomy 22, I don't remember if it's 22, 9 or 22 something, where it says, you know, do not plant divers mm-hmm. seeds mm-hmm. in the same furrow. Right. <clears throat> and it says, because if you do, you corrupt the good seed. So he's obviously pointing out really there the same concept of thorns versus the word. And so, and so what happens is this grass starts absorbing the nutrients that would make the good seed grow. And because of the nature of grass and because of the abundance of grass, or in this case, thorns, because that's what they had in Israel more than just plain grass, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and that's a concept they understood. Mm-hmm. Then, then what happens is there's not enough nutrients in the soil for the, for the healthy seed to grow. Mm-hmm. And literally, at some point, they literally, the roots, you know, wrap around the good seed. All this stuff happens that literally it starves it and then chokes it out. Yep. Now, when you look at all of these conditions of things that will keep the word from growing, what's interesting is thorns can only get in your garden if you plant them. Hmm. And this is really important to realize. Mm-hmm. See, seed, even though, even though in context, the seed that the sower is sowing is actually the gospel of the kingdom. Matthew makes that clear when he tells the same story. The seed is the word of the kingdom. And remember, what is the kingdom? It's that realm where we're intimately knowing, connecting with God, but also in that realm, we are we have access to all of his resources. Yes. It is heaven on yes. earth. That's, that's what it yes. is. And so this incredible life that we're trying to get, you know, there, there are going to be people who just have hardness of heart. They never get it. Just absolutely never get mm-hmm. it. But, but it says these cares of life, cares are things that are weighty. They are things that discourage and oppress you. They're, and actually, it's kind of interesting because that word there has to do with things that you give too much attention mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a it's a, a, a deliberate shift of, of your focus. Now, an offense is something that makes you stumble. Well, one way you could say this would be an offense is something that chokes the word of God out of your heart. Chokes. I mean, it's, it's the same concept. Yes. Right? Yes. So. <clears throat> We know that we're supposed to be planting this seed in our heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The word of God is to be planted in our, the heart. Word of God in our heart. Yes. Now, this is, I, I know that our viewers don't do this. Or, uh, so if you, I'm used to us doing I know, television our together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know that the people that follow us on this podcast don't, don't uh, do this to this extreme, but we do it to some extreme. Stop and think of how much time per week, or each person has to do this on their own. How much time per week do I spend not just planting the word in my heart, but nurturing the word that's already there, tending to the soil? Because one of the laws of the seed, there's the, you know, there's the law of sowing and reaping, but then there's just the law of the seed. You know, one of the laws of the seed is 
break up your fallow ground. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Get the get the soil ready. Get the rocks out. Get the thorns out. Get everything out so that when you plant this seed in there, all you've really got to do is water it. Yes. Well, you know, remember, water symbolizes primarily the Word of God mm-hmm. and probably secondarily the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but primarily the Word of God. All usually represents the, the Holy Spirit. So, so the way I nurture the seed and even the soil with the water is, is you know, when I, like Jesus said, the measure that I meet, how much attention I give to it. The thought, the study, the meditation, the imagination, the remembering, the thinking, the pondering, the thing, you know, thinking about it until it create, re, re, recreates emotions, feelings. So <clears throat> the idea is, man, you, you, you deal with every issue in your heart that you know to deal mm-hmm. with. Not, you don't go trying to date, you know, find things, mm-hmm. but you just deal with anything that comes up. Mm-hmm. Because, that be, you know, if I walk out there, I, Brenda and I were out there last night watering the garden. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and man, we looked over there, and right in the middle of our okra, uh, uh, there was grass growing. And, wow. and I, was over, I was watering the garden. She was on the side. I said, pull that grass up for me. I wasn't going to leave that grass there. No. Now, if I had left that grass there and allowed it to start growing at some point, it would have robbed the nutrients, and that okra would stop growing. It's just, it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but... Imagine, imagine, uh, think about how, how much measure do I meet to the Word of God? How much attention do I actually give to planting the seed, nurturing the seed, watering the seed, you know, all of these things? How, how, how really? And, and really, that, that, the answer to that question isn't so much how much time you spend as how much effective time do you spend? How often do you influence your heart to the degree that you experience the word of God as real, the promise of God? It was so interesting when you said how much affected time, like, you know how you, when you're, I'm, I'm actively listening to you right now, Jim. And I thought you were about to say how much affectionate time. And I thought, no, I kind of like affectionate because oh, I know <laughs> well, it is. Because I thought <laughs> how much affectionate time do you spend you know, nurturing yeah. all the goodness of God, His character, yeah. His nature, His word, His promises, everything that He says about us. Yeah. So, and, and and you know, I don't want anybody to condemn them. So every now and then we have to face some negatives. Yes, yes. Because because you can't you can't throw away a rock unless you pick it up first. That's the Hebrew concept. Mm-hmm. And that, and and when it talk when when it talks about confession and repentance in the Hebrew, it has that concept of picking up a rock and throwing it away. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't throw it away if you don't pick it up, which means you can't get rid of it if you don't own it. You have to hold on to it before you can let it go. Yeah. You have to hold on to it long yes, enough to get rid exactly. of it, so to speak. So, you know, I hate to take people to a negative, but but stop and think about this. What, um, how much time do you spend thinking about negative things, talking to people about negative things? paying attention to negative things, imagining things that can go wrong to such a degree that they affect your emotions mm-hmm, or your feelings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I want you to understand, you know, the word thorns in the Bible has a consistent concept. The first concept of thorns comes up when Adam brings the curse on planet Earth. Remember, God did not curse planet Earth. He told Adam it's cursed because of you. You brought this. You had authority here. You did this. 
And so the first mention of thorns is he says, you know, you're going to have to go out here now. And, you know, because of, of, of what you've done here, because of this curse, because you chose this curse. And you got to remember that he chose it. He knew better. He chose it. He said, now the earth is going to bring forth thorns and you're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to create your, your living, your livelihood by the sweat of your brow. So thorns, the first concept of thorns is representing the difficulty just to sustain your life because of, because of the curse. The next most significant place where it talks about thorns, or in my estimation, and there may be a place I don't remember, is going into the land of Canaan. Because remember, the land of Canaan is all about entering the kingdom realm. Yeah. Canaan is a type Promise of land. us yes. entering the kingdom yes. of God. Yep. So just before they get ready to go in, into Canaan, and God had already told them seven nations, I believe it was, that, that they had to drive out. But he tells them, Joshua tells them, he says, if you go into the promised land and you fail to drive out these nations, they will become thorns mm -hmm. in your eyes. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's right. Every one of those nations represents different aspects of being in the flesh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, their, their names, if you look them up in the Hebrew, all of their names are, are right. related yes. to aspects of yes. the flesh. Now, all right, so, so what does the scripture say? He who sows to the flesh. What do, you, what do you mean sows to the flesh? Well, I can sow to the spirit. I can sow to the flesh. So I can be sowing for the gratification of the flesh. I can be sowing because I'm concerned about what's going to affect my flesh. I'm going to feel, you know, all the, I'm going to look and, you know, how wealthy I'm going to be, how popular I'm going to be, all this kind of stuff. Or, or even, you know, the ego fits into this whole concept of the flesh because it's all about, it, it's all about, you know, this outward acceptance, da, 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 da. So really, even entertaining offense an offense is sowing to the flesh because it's, it's feet. It, it is actually, it's a sin. It is making me feel less than God says I am. It's making me feel I'm not who God says I am. I don't have what God says I have. I can't do what God says I can do. I am less than somebody else mm -hmm, or something, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. So every aspect, all this time we give to attention. And remember that, that, that word, um, that we talked about the cares of life. That word cares has to do with, with an overindulgence of attention, giving too much attention to something. So whatever I'm giving attention to is I am nurturing it. I'm planning it, and I am nurturing it. So, so you know, a guy goes to church an hour a week, and out of that hour a week, you know, he's in a worship service, and really out of that whole hour, he might spend 15 minutes actually really nurturing the seed of the Word. Well, that means that for 20, I mean, that means for six days and 23 hours, unless he's deliberately doing it, he's, he's sowing seeds and nurturing the thorns. Mm -hmm. Because he's he's because he's you're living in this stuff. world, and when you live in this world, those are going to be the obvious 
tangible things you think about. You're going to be thinking about, do I have money? You're going to be thinking about all of your relationships. You're going to be thinking about, you know, all of those things that are in our face, so to speak. And so of course, unless you are intentional and you make the decision, you are living very much on earth and not necessarily living heaven on earth. You're not necessarily living kingdom living while you're living here. Exactly. And doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It just it just means that it's not it, your experience. It, 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 just, it means you're not experiencing yeah. the heaven on earth that that we can and we're we're given the opportunity to. Yeah. So so we're planting these thorns now. Have you ever had those situations where you're just like you may, you get a hold of something? It's like bam! I got yes, this. Yes. I got this, and 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 you even start experiencing your life changing, mm-hmm. and and. and you know, you're, you you realize, it, but somewhere down here, it it, it kind of levels off, and then slowly, it, it just it's just not there anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you just one day go, oh no, I've lost that. It's just like kind of day by day fades. That it's is like no the word fade, like it fades away. In your life. Yes. Now remember, it didn't say that the thorns kill the seeds, it says it chokes the seeds. Choking is something that takes time. So we go to this trouble of planting the seed of the Word of God. Sadly, I hate to say this, this is going to sound so mean and judgmental. Most most Christians don't plant the seed of the Word of God in their heart. One of the most extensive studies that has ever been done shows that nearly every Christian in America, their values, how they manage their life, is no different than the lost people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No difference whatsoever. Wow. Other than people who regularly read their Bible. Hmm. It's not even going to church that makes the difference. It's people who read their Bible for themselves. Hmm. Now, <clears throat> so I'm not investing in my heart with the Word very much. Mm-hmm. But I am invest every day. I'm, I'm watching something on the news. I'm having discussions with people, and it's affecting my emotions negative. Which means I'm not only planting more thorns, mm-hmm. but I'm nurturing them. Mm-hmm. But in the place where we have offenses, those are the places. In other words, places where we refuse to forgive to solve the problem. We. Those are the things that we think over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that, you know, when we when we get ourselves mentally in neutral, we just come up thinking about those things and feeling angry or feeling negative. So what happens is th- all or any effort I've put into planting God's word in my heart so I can have God's life, God's harvest. You know, the harvest is when something manifests. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is, yeah, I took off, but I kept planting thorns in there, and I never dealt with it. And the, and the way you dig those things out when it, as it relates to offense is not by going in and trying to find out what's wrong with you. It's by forgiving. Mm-hmm. So we, even people who are serious about their journey with God that will not deal with offenses— will go through a continual cycle of planning the word, experiencing something, getting encouraged, and then that just gets choked out and they don't even know why. 
over and over again until you stop hoping, you stop believing, and eventually you'll blame God. I think this just yeah. really brings the seriousness of what happens yeah. when it comes to offenses and how they affect us long-term in every way. Yeah. Now, I do want to say this because I think we're just, just about yeah. out of time yeah. here. I understand that the main reasons people do not forgive is because almost everything we've been taught about forgiveness is incorrect. It's not biblically mm -hmm, sound. Mm -hmm. We, we have been made to believe that forgiveness is basically saying to that person that molested me, well, that, that's all right. We're going to let this go. Or, or saying, no, you don't, that person that stole money from me, no, you don't have to pay me back. You know, I had a, a, you know, a woman embezzle hundreds of thousands of dollars from me personally and from our ministry back years ago. And her lawyer was a Christian hmm. that, rep, that represented her. And he called me up like a moron, and told me, he said, now, Jim, you're a leader. You should just let this go. You should forgive her and just let this go. And I said, well, number one, I did forgive her. And I said, if you knew anything about me or my past, the fact that I didn't go in there and beat her into the ground, mm -hmm. like, I, like I would a common thief back in the old days, mm -hmm. then if you knew me, you'd know I did forgive right. her. Because, I, because it's not about bitterness. No. But... This is about the fact that, number one, this is not my money she stole. This is money people contribute to our ministry. Number two, mm -hmm. she's going to go do this to somebody else mm -hmm. if there's no responsibility. Number three, the Bible says they should pay. And Jesus himself said, when you violate the law, you're going to pay. Mm -hmm. Has, I can still love you. We can still, mm -hmm. you know, we can still make this journey mm -hmm. together, but you still got consequences mm -hmm. to face. Mm -hmm. So, see, we think that, that we got to still be their friends. Mm -hmm. Still hang out with them. Act like nothing ever happened. None of that. Mm -hmm. Not one mm -hmm. word of that is mm -hmm. scriptural. Mm -hmm. Because, and we won't go into it today, but here's, here's the thing you want to think about. Forgiveness, which is not what people think it is, is the only path to, number one, getting out of the pain. Number two, causing the death of all the thorns that are in their garden of their heart mm -hmm. that's choking out the Word mm -hmm. of God. The only pathway mm -hmm. to the kingdom is to forgive. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's not because God's punishing you. It's because the Word of God, the, the seed cannot grow in your heart if you're planting other seed and, in there that's And I love the out. word path because when I think of the word path, I think of God's will. Everyone yep. wants to know what's God's will for my life. What's the path? What's my path? What's my path? What's my path? I hear this over and over again from every aged person. What's my path? What's God's will? Well, it's really obvious. God's will is that you forgive. And God's will yep. is that you're thankful. You know, I think of 1 Thessalonians yep. 5, just be thankful. This is always God's will for you. So I think that if we could do those two things and always be thankful and always forgive, the path just, it just makes it, like, I mean, it's just there. Well, the path becomes this. Here, this goes back to something we started out saying. The path is not really something you discover. The path is self-evident to the person who is. Yes, yes, and we have said that, but that's a good way of say, saying it. It's self-evident to the person who is, like last. The person who class, says, yes. "I will be," I want to be like Jesus. 
This, yeah. th- these are the character traits I intend, I choose to have. And not this only will I do map, the stuff Jesus yeah. does or say the things Jesus did, but I want to think like Jesus thought. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to focus my attention, my affection yeah. on the things that Jesus would affectionately think about and be about. Absolutely. Because that's our heart. Well, and, and you know, so today was... Not about how, not about the mechanisms of forgiveness, mm-hmm. which we'll go into. You know, you know. Next week, I want to talk about. There's only two choices, and this mm-hmm. is what you're going to find all the way through mm-hmm. the Bible. Very rarely, in any situation, are there any more than two choices: life, death, yeah. blessing, cursing. You know, <laughs> and we're going to look at we're going to look at where this comes into forgiveness. But next week, we're going to take you to the place of understanding what forgiveness really is. But this week was just all about pressing upon you once again. This is critical to your physical health, mm-hmm. to your emotional mm-hmm. health, to your relationship with God, to everything that happened, because this one law, and you're going to, you're going to come into the understanding of why giving and receiving is, is the undergirding law. This one law is the one underlying universal law that determines if you'll ever enter the kingdom, mm-hmm. ever. If you'll ever come into the promises of God. If you'll ever live the life that Jesus died for you. And have. I really appreciate the foundation set today because that I really, really heard that. The polarization, I heard there are only two choices. And understanding the, the, the magnitude of the universal law of sowing and reaping. And I heard about the thorns. You know, the first time I, I was where I'm going to dig, do some more digging this week before next episode is that the first, you know, that law of first introduction and the fact that thorns were first introduced in relation to the sweat of our brow, because I think that that's one of the tendencies that every one of us living on earth is, is that we have to work hard to get anything. And that that's where the thorns come in. That everything is hard work. Everything is yep. is going to be difficult, challenging. Yep. And, and I just believe that there is more for us in, in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Good. My decisions, you know, th- that I'm making, Yes, my belief is, you know, will this really get me what I want, what I need, what I yes. believe I deserve, you know, the decisions that, that mm-hmm. we're making. And I, I think today, you know, Jim, with all of the illustrations that you gave is that, will we tend to our garden? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the thing. You yes. know, will we take time to water? Will we take time to weed? You know, to get rid of the grass to to get. Will we tend to our garden mm-hmm. rather than just um, living circumstantially? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to live with intention. Yes, I yep. actually have a, a pressing question for you the next time we do the next podcast, oh. but I'll keep you on a cliffhanger on that. Just something that- Well, write it, write it down so we don't because lose it's, it's it. Because okay. it's a question that I want to have understanding for that, anyway, I really need, I really okay. want to talk about wow. it. And I think it'll go with what we're talking about, the two choices next week. I think week. you've got us all on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Jim, thank you so much. <laughs> this is Thank you guys. Day. I enjoyed it. Really yes, appreciate it. Really again, appreciate it. Thank you, listeners. Um, Today, you know, as as you've heard this episode number 894, again, if you missed 93, go back. Mm -hmm. Extremely uh, necessary in in helping you understanding the offense, you know, to be able to identify what is that rock that I need to take hold of that I might throw it away. And let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the peace that is surrounding, covering like a blanket. 
every, every, every single person that happens to be listening to this right this second, you might be holding on to stuff and it's like, why, why, what am I thinking I am getting from this? What am I, this, this might be thinking, this is not about self-judgment. This is about just aligning with the presence of God and, and his goodness and his love. And, um, you, as you are being thankful and as you are just really understanding that forgiveness is the way out of pain, I believe that you are walking on a whole new reality because of this. This is for a reason that you're listening to this. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. Yeah. Today is a day where you will choose yeah. life. life. This is you the day choose to choose life. life. Uh-huh. Yes. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the, Good. uh, Take home for sure. All right. We Good. love you, Jim Richards. <laughs> we right, love, I love you guys. with all our hearts. And we love the we love these people that join yes. us every week. I'm I telling you, I love that they're investing and yeah. that they're planting seeds mm-hmm. and they are with affection listening to the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. Good. All right, everyone, have a wonderful week. We'll see you next time right here. Bye bye. Transform. <laughs>